Welcome to the Magic Mindset Podcast, the podcast for anyone aiming to live in and embody your highest self and explore your full potential. Let's uncover the bullshit so we can discover the absolute magic of being you. Hello and welcome back to the Magic Mindset. I want to start this conversation with a disclaimer. This is a conversation that I have avoided for a reason. And that is because it is highly nuanced. It is individual, and what I say here will not be applicable for everyone. If you listened last week, you heard me make an analogy about a game of dodgeball, that some of what I say is a ball that will slap you right in the face. That means you need it, right? That ball hit you for a reason. Some will just fall past you. It won't touch you. It won't come near you. That's okay, too. It means that advice is not meant for you. It is not your job to go pick it up. Just let it fall. Let it fall past you. And then there's a third kind of ball, a ball that you intentionally avoid, a ball that stirs something in you, a piece of advice, rather, that makes you feel something, usually defensive or on edge or triggered. That's a ball that is meant for you, too. So all that to say, as we move into this conversation, why intuitive eating is not working for you, keep in mind of where the balls are falling. If something slaps you in the face, listen closely, that's for you. If something doesn't connect with you, that's okay. It's not for you. Not everything is meant to connect with you. And if you feel something when I say something that causes you, causes something to stir in your gut, listen up too, because that one is meant for you. I believe that anyone who wishes to change their relationship with food, to change their relationship with their body, or to treat their body differently, has the same goal, and that is to learn to eat intuitively. I also believe this is true for those of us who wish to lose weight, because while the goal at first may seem like we wish to lose weight, and so the goal can seem very rooted in diet behaviors, in restriction, and in deprivation, that's never a long-term goal. When we dig a little deeper, there's always more to that goal. And the goal comes back to something we talk about here all the time, being good to ourselves, learning to treat ourselves kindly, learning to nourish ourselves, learning to work with, not against our bodies. And at its core, that is what intuitive eating is. But intuitive eating is confusing. Because while we all come into this world eating intuitively, we rarely stay there. And we, the collective we, all of us, especially those of us living in America, so chances are you listening right now, we stop eating intuitively younger and younger and younger. Now, I don't want to go into a big tangent about processed food and about the food systems that we are living with in the United States of America. So I'm going to try my best to be succinct and to be quick with this. And I'm, again, I'm asking you for grace here because I want you to understand that both things can be true. I believe no food to be good or bad. I believe there is no morals attached to the way we eat. I believe that you should, that I should, that we all should have whatever we want at any given time. We just need to make sure we actually want it. But I digress. American standardized dieting, if you walk into a grocery store and you go to the center of that store, what you will find there, bags of chips, bags of pretzels, cereals, 
frozen waffles, frozen convenience dinners, all of these things, they are fucking with our ability to eat intuitively. And that is starting younger and younger and younger. I would say, and I have said in the past that, you know, as children, children eat intuitively. And they do, especially infants, right? They turn away from the breast. They turn away from the bottle when they are full. And when they are hungry, they have a really great way of letting us know that too. Toddlers, children, right? Those of you who have children, those of you who have experience with children, they have no problem letting you know when they are hungry. And when they are full, they let you know that as well. But that's where processed food comes in and kind of fucks us up is because processed food is engineered to keep us keep eating it. I know that sounded a little, that wording on that was was poor, but you understand what I'm saying. Oreos, Doritos, Cheez-Its, my beloved Cheez-Its, goldfish, all of these things have one thing in common, and that is that they are engineered in a laboratory. They have millions, billions of dollars behind them going into research how they can be made highly palatable to keep us to keep eating them. This is why Lay's says you can't eat just one because it is almost impossible to eat just one. Those potato chips literally dissolve into your mouth. If you place that chip into your mouth and don't chew it, it will eventually start to break down and dissolve. A Cheeto, that's a perfect example, something like that. It dissolves. The same thing is true when it goes into our stomach. And so that is why we can eat large volumes of this food and not feel full into well after the fact, as opposed to eating a bowl of kale, a bowl of broccoli, a bowl of apples, a bowl of whatever. We feel that fullness, even though the volume is the same with processed foods and natural foods, God's foods, you know, foods that we would find naturally in in nature. They're going to feel a lot different in our body. And so back to the conversation around intuitive eating, eating foods like that make intuitive eating incredibly hard because those foods are made to override your natural defenses against being being full. Those foods are made to contain the perfect amount of fat, sugar, and salt to keep you coming back to them. They override our body's natural hunger cues until it is way too late. And so I am not ever going to say that somebody should remove those foods from their diet. I think that is highly harmful and it it will have the opposite effect that what we are hoping for 100% of the time. Removing those foods almost always means you'll end up binging on those foods later. Very much raising my hand here. I did that shit for years. That's not the goal. But if we are wanting to cultivate a better relationship with our body, if we are wanting to listen to our body's cues, really highly evaluating how we nourish ourselves, especially when it comes to processed foods, needs to happen. I am already tiptoeing into territory that I have consciously avoided for a very long time in this format. When we are working together in calls, we will absolutely have this conversation because it is a conversation that is needed almost all the time. However, in this format, it is something I have steered away from because I never want to sound like I am somebody telling anybody to restrict their food. I do not do that anymore. It it is never going to work. So I want to be abundantly clear as we move into this conversation. Removing foods 
from your diet under the guise that removing those foods will somehow cleanse you of your cravings for them is just not true for the vast majority of us. It is just not true. However, when we make a conscious choice to be extremely aware when we eat foods that are highly palatable, foods that we tend to binge on, foods that we tend to overeat, when we make a conscious choice to be extraordinarily aware and mindful with those foods, we will see radical changes happen into how we deal with those foods, but also around how those foods actually taste and whether or not we actually want them. Side note, how many times can I say actually how annoying of me? Let's try to clean that up, Heather. (laughs) So what do I mean here? I, instead of saying, okay, Shirley, Shirley who just sat down, Shirley who just made an appointment with me, Shirley who is always doing really, really well Monday through Friday and then eating everything during the weekend, Shirley who has done a thousand whole 30s but always ends up right back where she started a month later, Shirley who has lost 20 pounds doing keto three times but has gained it all back every single time. Now she's done Aptavia, Aptuvia, I don't fucking know, it's a trash diet, let's fucking stop doing it, Avia, and she's Already, after three weeks of eating those fucking powdered mashed potatoes, chalky bars, she's like just dying and ordering in pizza. And so she feels completely defeated. And so she wants to get her shit together, learn how to eat intuitively, and put all this past dieting behind her. What should Shirley do? Should Shirley go on a 30-day sugar cleanse? Um, Absolutely fucking not, right? <laughs> that is not what we are going to do because the cleanses, the cleaning up, the diets, the restrictions, the protocols, they are exactly the thing that is keeping Shirley in this proverbial fucking mess that is dealing with her body. They are the thing that is keeping all of us in the mess that is dealing with our bodies. And so when I say allow all things, I mean it. I mean it with every single fiber of my being. But here's the rub. It's a big but, a big juicy but. You need to allow all things but have the courage have the fortitude, have the balls to be 100% aware when you are eating those things. What does that look like? To eat foods, allow all foods, but be extraordinarily mindful with them. That is how you get to intuitive eating, true intuitive eating. And this is a conversation that we will continue because there is a lot more to it. It is wild when you think about it because, again, intuitive eating is something that we all start out doing and society, our agriculture or lack thereof, really, our big business that is, you know, food industry right now. And then diet culture comes in and it beats intuitive eating right out of us. And so getting back to it takes work. It takes a lot of work. I think that's a misconception with intuitive eating is people think, okay, well, I'm just going to eat intuitively. I'm just going to listen to my body. It's not that easy because our bodies are so convoluted by all the messaging that we have picked up over the years and the foods we are or are not eating. So somebody coming from a standard American diet, somebody who very much eats, you know, our traditional cereal for breakfast, muffin for breakfast, yogurt for breakfast, yogurt and granola. Yeah, that's not a healthy breakfast. I said what I said. I said what I said. Yogurt and granola, not a hot way to start your day. Please stop doing that. It's fucking you up. And I don't make generalizations very often. You know that. 
So if I'm saying it, please listen to it. Please stop doing that for breakfast. Anyway, I digress. But lattes with sugar and with heavy cream and all of these things, we're doing that in the morning and then we're moving into lunch. And lunch for most people is, you know, a sandwich. It's a wrap. It is something on the side. It's probably better, more nutritious than a lot of the standard American breakfasts that are happening. But it's still not covering our nutritional basis in the sense that it's probably lacking some quality fiber, some quality antioxidants from the forms of fruits and vegetables. Is there enough protein there? We don't know. It's my experience. You know, and I've been doing this a long time. It, women historically undereat protein, specifically animal protein, but we think we're getting enough of it and that's fucking us up. And so basically what I'm trying to get at as if we are coming from a diet that looks like that to start off with, intuitive eating, your body isn't going to say to you, hey, bitch, I could use some broccoli or, hey, girl, um, I probably don't need the latte right now. What I need is some water, you know, H2O. Remember that? Hydration. <laughs> your body isn't going to say I really could go for some really fibrous kale. I could I would love an apple over this pasta like that doesn't happen at first. And so really what I'm trying to say is intuitive eating requires some forcing and it becomes confusing because we equate forcing ourselves to eat quote unquote healthier foods with dieting. It doesn't always have to be that way. In fact, it shouldn't be that way. Sometimes forcing yourself to eat more of the foods your body needs is the kindest thing you can do. And I want to circle back to that, eating foods that your body needs. That is something I think that we forget. We forget that we are animals, right? We are highly involved animals, but animals nonetheless, animals that have certain needs. Our DNA requires us to eat certain things. It expects us to eat certain things. And we've just stopped doing it, right? So just like our bodies need sleep, our bodies are made to move, yet we are sitting now more than ever as a nature, as a nation, as a culture. We're not made to do that. We are made to be mobile. Well, our bodies are also made to ingest fruits, vegetables, proteins. Like, I'm not a believer in the paleo diet because Neanderthals really were not eating like that, right? They were not putting butter in their coffee, or ghee, rather, because it's paleo, in their coffee. They were not, you know, being picky. If they saw something, they were going to eat it. They weren't saying, oh, no, that's a legume. I can't have that. Like, no, no, no. I'm not trying to, like, get you all back to basics. Again, you know me. You know who I am. I believe in cheeses. I believe in cheese doodles. I also believe in eating like you give a shit, which means we need to eat for our bodies health, our body's wellness. We need to support our bodies and allow them to thrive. And for most people, that takes some forcing at first. It is just latching on to the idea that that forcing is the kindest thing we can do because that forcing ourselves to eat more, not restrict, to eat more, to add more to our plates, more, again, vegetables, more fruits, more animal protein, adding more to our plates, not worrying about taking anything away. That forcing is the kindest thing we can do because here's the thing and why intuitive eating isn't working for so many of us at first. That's because our bodies have no idea what they're supposed to feel like. We have no idea what we are supposed to feel like. We have been toggling between restrictions and diets to the other end of the streams and YOLO, it's the weekend cheat meal. We have been doing that shit for far too long. Our body doesn't know what it feels like to just maintain a balance that is good. 
that 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 feels good and we need to get to that point before we can truly evaluate what belongs on our plate most of the time the answer to get to a place where intuitive eating is happening is not another cleanse it's not another protocol it's not another diet it is more allowing with a huge emphasis on mindfulness and that's where we're going to leave this week and pick up next week. Mindfulness. What does mindfulness around food look like, feel like? How can we recognize when our body is telling us, yes, this is great, versus when our body is telling us, bitch, stop. <laughs> stop it right now. Get your shit together. We are going to explore that next week. And so if you are somebody who is hoping to get to a place where Intuitive eating is happening naturally, knowing that you can also have goals around that too. You are It does not need to be one or the other. Drop the idea that intuitive eating, surrender, allowing means that you're also saying, okay, I'm just giving up with my body. I'm not trying anymore. It's not it. It means coming to a place of acceptance, understanding that treating your body like shit is never going to give you the outcomes that you truly desire. If you want something different, you have to do something different. If you want a different experience in your body, you need to treat your body differently. That is the conversation that we are going to continue to have next week. So between then and now, bring me your questions, bring me your insights, bring me anything that you can think of that you would like to chat about. You know where to find me. Hit me up in my DMs. Shoot me an email. You can do that right on my website. And if you're serious about learning to treat your body kindly, and you still have some goals attached to that, hit me up. I can help. That's what I do. That, that, that is what I do. Give me an hour to an hour and a half of your time, and we will make some serious magic that will change the way you deal with your body, that will change the way you view few, food, and that will give you some really clear and actionable ways to show up for yourself better. Let's let's book a call. Let's make this happen. So, uh, oh, yeah, and review me. You know that. I'm always going to say that. I'm always going to end. Please review me. I wish I would remember to say that earlier in the podcast. You're probably not even listening more. But if you are, please review. It, it would make a world of difference. I've been stuck at the same number of views for a long time. I know y'all listening. Do me a favor. <laughs> Shoot me a review if this episode, if this podcast has helped you in any way. I'll see you back next week. 